This is JU Israel Teachers Lounge, where we reach out to current Gap Year students, alumni, and any interested listeners, keeping you connected to what's happening in Israel and giving you insight behind the headlines. I am your host, senior JU Israel educator Michael Unterberg, and today joined, as always, by co-host and director of JU Israel, Alan Goldman. How are you, Alan? Good, but not as always. I wasn't in the last episode. You were in the last episode. You oh, were just fasting, and oh, so you don't remember it, but it was two episodes right, ago. Right. <laughs> and today we are joined once again by Israel educator Benji Davis in an uh, arm sling. How are you, Benji? I'm good. I'm in an arm sling. <laughs> <laughs> so noted. Rafu yeah. Ashley uh, uh, I hope you Thank heal well you. from your... It was wrist surgery? No, this was oh, uh, shoulder surgery. Shoulder surgery. Yeah. An old tennis injury. Mm. Oh, the, you could have made a much better US story Open. than that. Yeah. I have so many stories, but, you know, I'm trying to keep my job. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, today's topic is going to be, obviously, the two Gs on our borders. We're going to do... Well, I guess Golan is in the border and Gaza is across the border. Uh, obviously, it's been a very busy week for both. Where should we start, gentlemen? I think we should probably start with Gaza. Go. Gaza, once again, is Gewalt. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of Gs. They're trying to get the Gs. Which is ironic Gewalt because then. Golan in Hebrew has a gimel, but yeah. Aza has an ayin. We're, we're, we're back Aza. in another round. Aza. Aza, yeah. We're back in another round um, with Hamas in, and other parties in Gaza, um, which... It, it it seems to me one of the like the, the distinguishing things or the unique things is is that these mini rounds are getting more and more intense. In other words, in the past where there would be a few rockets for a few days. Well, for a while a, it was every know, other year, right? No, no. But I'm every saying other the summer there'd be a war, and no, then the in betweens would be pretty quiet. Then since 2014, it's been relatively quiet. But the but the intermittent little things have been getting more and more intense. Right. We had 500 right. rockets in 24 hours. Was it in November? Yeah. And in Sheva, so it was still limited because it didn't get to the Merkaz. Right. But the two frequency weeks ago, of it was. Uh, just uh, unlivable for the people living in the Western Negev right. and Beersheba, and of course we have the constant uh, fence, um, in right. uh, protests, uh, protests. So which and seemed like a change of strategy. And... Balloons was a brand new strategy, more right. or less, still going on. I was, I think that there's this like brinkmanship really that's going on in the last year. I think that's what it's really like intense brinkmanship in the last year, where each side is just like going to that place where. Just before it explodes into a big, um, you know, war, what have you, pulls back because both sides seem to want to. There's some kind of interest in both sides to push it to that brinkmanship, but yet then... And for people who are interested in the lives of Palestinians, as opposed to groups, let's say, like BDS or If Not Now, who actually don't care about Palestinians, the situation in Gaza has become so intolerable that the people of Gaza have been rising up in protest against Hamas facing live gunfire, reporters reporting on it, getting arrested, beaten, limbs broken. So things in Gaza have been... Lots of protesters being killed. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the Hamas opening fire right. on what essentially actually might be peaceful protests from Gaza. Right. And so, you know, we who are not intensely following what's going on inside Gaza because we're looking at it from our side of the border and what it means in Israeli lives. And also the, the like you said, access to information is limited. There's almost no real journalism going on inside the Gaza Strip. So it's very hard to know what's going on. But one thing is clear is that the, what what is it, over 50% unemployment and disruption of daily life is making things so intolerable that the Hamas is seeing a real threat to itself 
not from Israel, but from the Arabs of Gaza. Right. So that obviously always causes a turn to to Israel. Yeah, to some degree, it's helpful um, to shoot a rocket at Israel to get rockets back yeah, from Israel, yeah, so that the that's people. It's been a main theme of the Arab-Israeli conflict since it began, as well. I would argue it's a yeah. theme of authoritarians and dictators for ever. ever. Yeah, yeah, right. It's basically scapegoat. You need me to keep you safe from the external enemy. Right. So that's why they, but both. I mean, there's the political context on both sides, whereas Israel needs to to show, like, there needs to be some sense of deterrence here, but I don't think anyone here wants a war or really to upscale. And Hamas, they definitely don't want a war because we would, they would be crushed. Um, but they need to distract from the domestic political situation in Gaza. And so the border protests were a great way of doing it and a rocket to the center of the country and then saying, oh, it was the weather. Oh, we'll investigate it. Oh, it was the Islamic Yeah, this Jihad. is the second rocket locked in two weeks. Center of the country by At mistake. the center of Israel. And Hamas says it's a mistake. What does that mean? What is it? What, what Incompetent. It? It Let's means, assume. Uh, it means. Um, for the sake of conversation. Deniability. That's what they're trying to do. Let's assume and, for the sake of conversation that a rocket isn't like a light switch. You can't like bump into it and go, oops. That it actually requires a set, set of procedures. But they're set ready to go. Like if what if no. they're set up? Yeah, they're not no, they're set, set up. up pointed. They do have set set up. Ready they're to set go up rockets. ready to go, whether they're inside or outside. I was listening on Israeli radio, and mm. a munitions expert was saying it's really hard to conceive of how you could accidentally launch a rocket at Tel Aviv. Yeah, or the center of Israel. But they're still really set up ready hard. to go, just like we have. Every country has set up defenses, or right. But I think go. it's not just that it's, it's Hamas, and so we should assume they're lying. I think there's also, if you understand how this sort of machinery works. The idea that the weather set it off or that somebody accidentally bumped into it and launched it. Right. No, I think it's much more of there wasn't permission from higher ups and someone made a decision and didn't go through the bureaucracy. And there you can call that a mistake. That's I don't believe a mistake that. Of organ- no, I'm not, I don't think I'm anyone's saying that. I'm just, oh, you're saying the claim of the mistake claim. is yeah. that somebody that is, launched ha- it without that- permission? I mean, that's what it ha- I mean, I don't why, know how- Why are they saying it? I, I, it's uh, the, 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 the because Occam's want, razor, the re- simplest assumption is they launched it on purpose and are lying that it's an accident. Because they Most want reasonable likely. deniability. Because again, if you're playing the brinkmanship, so they shot it, right? They shot the rocket. Okay, now, now what happens? Now Israel responds. Now Hamas has to respond to Israel's response because- they have to save face. Everybody has to save face. Right. In this, but they which want, is what happened they, last night. So, and now they, they want a stronger negotiating position right. to get more economic um, uh, benefits from Israel and any and ceasefire Egypt. And, and Egypt. And, Egypt. Well, right, go, right, and then that's a way to respond to the... If this is really all about the protesters that are cost of living protesters in Gaza against Hamas, then they're just trying to strengthen their position to, to right. essentially respond to that. What negotiations are you talking about, Alan? Um, that... Egyptian mediated between Israel and Hamas since right. since um, at least the summer, if not earlier. I mean, uh, a while so when they've been intense, but at least the summer they've been going back and forth to try and the ceasefire. But it's also in cl- it, it, it also has to do with internal Palestinian politics between Hamas and the PA, which is non-existent. Um, and, and PA is trying to dry out Hamas. Right. So there's yeah, all sorts of different reasons why they're yeah. launching these rockets in terms yeah. of internal politics, politics with Egypt, politics with Israel. But yeah. I just want to see and if I understand int- yeah. your theory about the deniability. They well, Assuming for the sake of the hypothetical, I'm not an investigator. To me, yeah. it seems likely that they're just making that up. You're saying they want Israel to hit back, but they don't want Israel to hit back full force. So if they say, look, ha ha, we launched a rocket at you. 
Israel has to come in hard and probably harder than they yeah. want them to. But if they say, well, it was an accident and Israel comes back hard, it won't be as hard as Israel could have. And Hamas right. can say, look how terrible Israel is. It suits their political agenda more to deny it. Yes. Uh, to deny an a, 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 a thoughtful act that we're launching this a big strike against Israel right it now. It will prevent yeah. a, a major Israeli counterstrike. Correct. Just a minor Israel. It will create, hopefully, a more moderated Israel counterstrike and right. create better scapegoating against Israel, saying, look, we had, to the people who they don't want to overthrow them, this wasn't even us. We didn't but, do this. By the way, you see, and it, the re exact reverse happened. In the November, when you talked about the 500, why did the 500 rockets come over? Because Israelis got caught in Gaza. Do, right. You know, Israeli soldiers got caught in Gaza doing a undercover intelligence, uh, 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 yeah, gathering reconnaissance uh, mission. Right. So, so Israel accepted those 500 rockets really without escalating too much, so that they wouldn't have to go in. Um, the uh, the a lot of what the talk is is that Gantz's first, uh, uh, it's not Gantz, uh, Kohavi, the new chief of staff. Chief of staff his first directive when he came in was to get ready for a big operation in the summer. Israel wants to decide when these operations are going to happen, not not be on Hamas's timetable. Uh, so, but again, we, no one well, knows. Well, this one so, Hamas you know? put on the timetable. Exactly. Israel did not want this one now. Right. So the question is, is, is Israel going to take the, then take the, the advantage of this and then say, okay, we're going to go on to the big operation now or push it off? Because eventually, no, some kind of big operation has to happen. So last so, night, there was major Israeli bombing up and down Gaza. Yeah. There was major rocket fire coming out of Gaza. Right. But that's, ceasefire was called, more rockets. Right. It's a Hamas ceasefire. Again, it's a, it's a, those, are, those have to be taken with a grain of salt. It's, the ceasefire? It's, yeah. It's, it's a Hamas ceasefire. It's, it's Hamas trying to say, we, they're in, they're in, they're, it's again, they're giving their, their this, we don't want this to escalate. And, but they can't not respond to Israeli fire, Kilo, in their minds, right? So they say ceasefire. Oh, Israel hits them, so they respond back. But but there were thirty rockets between that ceasefire and three a.m. And since then, there has not been any rockets. And is that going to be the end of operations from Israel for now? No. Well, no, we don't know because Netanyahu is is still in in route from America, right? This is Tuesday morning, Tuesday morning. So Netanyahu is in route from America, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. What he was doing in America, well, was, yeah. and when he gets back, he's going straight to headquarters, which is the Kiryat in Tel Aviv. Um, uh, by the way, which some of us, and then they they're going to decide. So then they have they have to make a decision. But Kiryat, but Netanyahu had to make cut his trip short because he can't make those decisions while he's outside of Israel. So the first response was the clear first response was going to happen whatever Israel always does. Now if Israel's going to expand the operations, then we have to wait to make decisions. The 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 army set in like they've set in motion the ability to do that. We don't know if they're going to take that uh, take that move or not. I guess if they do, we'll have another podcast later this week. <laughs> um, but you think they will? Do I think they will? I do not think they will. I don't either. But, you know, who I think, knows? I but. think it's going to be more of the same the last 10 years. And I think it, it gets to this question, which no one has the answer to, all the way to the top. And we don't have the answer. Students don't have the answer is, okay, what do you do to solve the problem? There is a problem, but there's perhaps right. no solution. And the best solution is essentially live and let live, which essentially been BB's policy since he's been prime minister. Well, it's maintenance so, through it's deterrence. Maintenance. It's maintenance. It's managing. It's managing the crisis or managing the situation. So this is what. But I think Hamas wants to do the same thing in a weird they way. They're a pragmatic they actor do. as well. Well, which is why Israel's kept Hamas in there. 
because Hamas and Israel, ha- it's a kind of... What do you mean kept them in there? Well, because in Tsuketan, in the Operation... Protective Edge. Protective Edge. That was one of the big claims, and this is what Naftali Bennett is also was talking about yesterday on the radio, who was in the security cabinet. He would go out of the security cabinet and say, no, we have to retake over the Gaza and get rid of Hamas. That was the big argument and there's, on the right of Israel, on the right to Netanyahu, which has often been claiming, you have to get rid of Hamas. Israel has, has claimed we can't get rid of Hamas because at least Hamas we can talk with and we can deal with. So therefore, well, but also who um, wants to reoccupy gonna, Gaza? And who wants to run well, the lives and, of two million Arabs? Right. So who wants to well, reoccupy? Some if we people don't reoccupy on the right of Israel think that's the way to go. And if we don't reoccupy, I understand, it, but you can understand. So that if the we don't reoccupy it, if we don't, who's going to take their place? If we mm-hmm. topple Hamas, who's going to take the place? That's right. from the right. From the left, Tamar Zandberg on the radio yesterday was saying, "No, this is the Tamar Zandberg of, of merits. the merits." Was saying managing the managing the situation is the worst thing for it because you're just keeping the status quo going, which is these this. This conflict that doesn't mm-hmm. that doesn't help anybody and only causes desperation to the the residents of Israel South and to Gaza. And she recommends, and she recommends um, that again Disneyland. Not, yeah, <laughs> she recommends not trying to keep a wedge between the PA and Hamas, which Netanyahu has been doing along with other other forces, but rather try and bring the PA Hamas together. Open, open, um, you know, economic uh, encouragement, um, ports, airports, things like that. Because when people are fed and they have ec- and they have food and jobs and they're and that makes them happy, and that then they won't shot rockets. The that's, most imperialistic that's on the left side. to me. Like we can solve this problem. Oh, yeah, well, I, I, it's I'm it's what America does in Japan and Germany after World War II. The Marshall Plan. Yeah, right. Marshall, uh, we, you know, we some of my students well, have said that. that that's some, what, you know, it's they different. need, it's to, ha- they need to Marshall Plan, but they haven't yeah. hit the lows. That's it. The Marshall Plan well, comes after uh, utter and complete surrender. And destruction. Unconditional surrender and, and destruction. destruction. Well, the surrender comes. Once right. you've completely surrendered, now we'll build you. But and it's you been 70 years of an unwillingness to surrender. At least from, if you look at, I would say the Palestinian. What do you mean? It's not even a case of surrender. It's a case of... It's an it's seventy years of we do not we will not ac- accommodate your existence. It's not even of rejectionism. Su- yeah, it's rejectionism. It's seventy years of, of uh, it's a hundred years of absolute rejectionism of the yeah. But there right are moments when surrender could be possible. I mean, like after sixty seven, no, no, and no is the complete opposite of maybe it's a good time now to surrender. Well, that's rejectionism. That's right. that, that's yeah, but that was the, the Palestinians the, after sixty-seven. Right, but I mean the Arabs fuse it. I mean, it's yeah. The Palestinians pa- aren't independent yeah. enough to even make the decision of no, no, no in sixty-seven. Right. Um, but acknowledge acknowledge the right to a Jewish state, and you you don't have to surrender. We'll we'll help you build your state. And the fact that they they're yeah. not acknowledging our right to exist means as a Jewish state. But we're also not acknowledging necessarily where we're at, where they're at either. I mean, if you look at like BB's strategy, wants to keep Hamas in, but he really wants to weaken and I'm separate not talking about BB's strategy. I'm but I'm s- saying, but they're the representatives of like, I mean, the, the policy of the state of Israel. I mean, it, we can look at societies or you can look at policies, and I'm not sure we can be having two different conversations. Officially, of, the policy of the state of Israel still accepts two-state solution, although clearly Netanyahu yeah, doesn't believe in it and isn't working yeah. for it. He doesn't believe in the stated policy well, that, of Well, government. that's exactly the argument, that he's managing it as opposed to... Correct. I think, and I think that's correct. But, but he's but, been willing to negotiate whenever passively with Hamas. Um, right. But for a third party, right? But it so. never seems to be willing to negotiate. I agree with, with all that. Authority. I agree with like, all that. Why, why does that status exist? Because the Palestinians haven't accepted the right of a Jewish state to exist, and therefore to live in a state beside it. 
That's why we're still here and not in 2000 but it's, uh, right. have a beginning of a it Palestinian state the in right 2008. Israel, mm-hmm. That feeds into the right. The right, right pounces right. on that because they say, great, we don't want there to be a, pal- a well. two-state solution. We want there to be a one-state solution that's all Jewish. And they have various plans to get there. The, I don't really understand them. Right. The problem is there is no solution for either side currently. I mean, well, especially with Israel. Like and in- Israel center, the Israeli center is we don't we have two great fears. We don't want there to be a Palestinian state and we desperately want there to be a Palestinian state because both of those things well, that's have what, an ex- are an existential threat no, to the existence of Israel. It's that we fear no, I don't think that's what it is. Movement. I don't it's think the it's paradox that, movement. It's not it's we don't want a Palestinian state because we fear it, but we also want to keep our Jewish democratic thing going, which is like the, I feel like the blue and white party That's is the this perfect representation of it, which is their leaders don't even come out in support of a Palestinian state, but they talk about, you know, how, you know, we need to be uh, open to trying to solve this or we need no, a Jewish democracy. I've never heard Gantz say Palestinian state. Yeah, I think he. Uh, it's on their platform. Did yeah, he did. He did. He, well, he, did he copied Yeshatid, but I don't think he said Palestinian state in the Apex. Maybe he doesn't say Palestinian state, but he does say two state. Does he? Okay. Um, I mean, that's in the platform. Perhaps. Uh, but, but yeah, because we're scared. Yeah, and that's I what I said. Israeli, we're scared of both. Yeah, because we don't. If we're you make scared a move, there will be a state because then it's a military threat. We're scared that it won't be a state because then we have a, demo, a demographic threat. Right. We're scared of both. Two-state solution or annexation essentially pushes the issue to essentially be like, okay, we'll solve this or we're done. And status quo seems like the least of all evils, even though it has. Well, when you it look at itself. Israel today, I mean, almost 9 million people, OECD country. I mean, we're strong. And look that's at what, our, alliance, and that's look at our alliances right. all and over the says, world. And Netanyahu says, look, we've managed this crisis. He's not wrong. Right. Can, can continue to manage it and grow. Right. For Jews and Israelis, which is what he sees. The problem is, with Western politics is that we look at things that they're, oh, it's a problem, or maybe it's like a very American thing. I can solve it, right? It's like there's an right. ultimate truth. There's something absolute, and we can solve this. Right. But this is an intractable conflict. For now. Yeah, I mean, but unless some... For the foreseeable future. Unless the way that people organize or there has to be some variable that changes once the variables change and that's just a question of time then other options will present themselves currently Correct. there are no options that are valid by the way that's what you're talking about before I think in terms of utter Central destruction is. one variable change is utter, destru- is utter right. destruction by one side and surrender that's yeah. a variable change I mean, I mean that's that would the, be a big variable it change. seems that change. the Arab side is hoping that that will happen to our side they assume it will happen a Palestinian I mean, opinion polls show that most Palestinians think Israel has 10 I mean, to 20 years if you look at Islamic left. history then they assume, by the way, if you look History's at Islamic, cyclical. if you're talking about Islam, if you look at Islamic prophecy, then they assume that that's going to happen in the near future. And they've assumed that for the last century. Yeah. That within, Palestinians have thought that Israel will stop existing within 10, 20 years for the last 70 years. Okay. Like that's, that's the matzav. Right. So this round with Gaza is going to be another in the endless series of rounds of Gaza that will be forgotten other than in the distant memory of Mushed without, different incidents. Yeah, without being a Navi, because potentially Netanyahu, we have lots of variables again. The Netanyahu could come back and they could decide, no, now's the time to take advantage. Makes no sense Election, though, for him politically, you know, though. It it's doesn't. It's such a risk. It doesn't. But Okay, you know, so putting aside, and, and, and for right, the sake of this conversation, we're obviously... We don't know. He could lose controlling the narrative. and then, then yeah, but, but there are we're things not they adju- know that we don't know. We're not obviously. Ad- right. We don't know so, think. We're not addressing... <laughs> <laughs> Katonti. 
we're not addressing in this conversation the damage to people's lives, the trauma of what it meant right. last night to be in the South with, yeah. right. you know, I leave my alarm on, it's going bing, 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 bing. What alarm? I think they closed down the app. Mm, didn't close down my app. Which app do you have? I have an iPhone. Huh. People have the app. Which, which app? Wait, which Red app? Alert. Oh, they closed it down for me it went for a while ago. Mm. I don't know. I don't have it. Turns that would be crazy. Anyway, I just have the, the uh, Picuita Tech Al is not. The, uh, the home front one, which only What's goes so off if you What's so crazy, though, is the off. rocket, like, it exploded a house 10 miles north of Tel Aviv. Yeah, And that ama- what's really amazing is that the father or whoever in that family had the wherewithal to get as many people in the bomb shelter, knowing that the siren is going off for a million people. Right. Right, no, and he's like, like I, I, don't, I wonder how many odds people of winning didn't a lottery. go. Yeah, I'm how sure many, most people did in a five twenty in the morning. Like, going you to you the might not shelter. hear it. You might not wake up from it. You're, you, you might mo- hear most it. Most people might like, think it's a false alarm. Yeah, yeah in you the like, show eh, eh, I'm not gonna go. What are the odds? Yeah. And then I think like, okay, if a siren went off at five in the morning in Jerusalem, I'm like, oh my god, like this is such a huge metropolitan area. It's gonna hit my. Humans are conditioned building. by habit, and every time I run to the room, there's nothing. So I get eventually conditioned to not take it as seriously, and this. They won the opposite lottery or lost the whatever you want to call it's it. It's amazing because it's the odds of lottery and it saved everybody. It's good. It's good lesson to everyone. And by the way, it would have completely changed. Well, the, if if the whole family the was paradigm. Yeah. If oh, God yeah. forbid something was. If more, God forbid if people, more although their dogs, their pets were killed. But if there's loss of human life, yeah, then it would have changed the, the whole yeah. paradigm. Right? Oh, you think they would uh, reserve call up and we're on the brink of war? Oh yeah. Well, there was reserve call up. Yeah, so, but, but not in the not at Tzav Shmona, not a no. Anybody you don't gets a reserve called right? at Tzav Shmona. Huh? All the, the people were called up, or it's called in Tzav Shmona. No, but so, maybe you I'm, don't have to call up to fight a war in Gaza. You don't need to call up. You don't need a full mobilization. You need the mobile no, proportionate much. mobilization. Yeah, don't be even in Lebanon. You don't get a full mobilization. Yeah, so they're, all, but they're ready. Yeah. When's the last time there was a full mobilization? Probably seventy three. Not eighty two. No, eighty two was so. a lot. Yeah, but it wasn't a full no war. Idea. Again, it wasn't. A, it was an Israeli. It wasn't, but the act, streets were it, empty. It was an operation. It was. A, it was yeah, an operation. Shalom al Galil. It was a uh, operation. So even though we call, it, even though we call it, still, it the Lebanon War, it's technically still Mitzah Shalom al Galil. Uh-huh. So Israel's really only fought. Also, the second one. The, also, the second Lebanese War were not wars. I had this discussion Wait, in my 56, class yesterday. So fifty-six also was in a war, technically. Correct. I don't know. Operation because yeah. it, it's Mitzah. It's Mitzah Kadesh. Yeah. Because right. again, there's legal ramifications for war for a government like responsibility that's the only they have that's the to, only for the difference. civilians. So the war, yeah. so it's and only forty. Vietnam out. wasn't a war. Yeah, yeah. Forty-eight, sixty-seven, and seventy-three are the only tactical wars. Yeah, but Israel's part fought. of the Vietnam is was too also nerdy because of, of Congress. It has to do with Congress in America. It's a legal distinction. It's not right, but it is the only the only reason Vietnam isn't a war is because legally Congress didn't declare it. Exactly. Same thing here. When we right, call right, something right. an operation versus a war, they're legal distinctions. Right, right, legal distinctions. It's still humans shooting and killing each other. Correct. Yeah, uh, that at, mm-hmm. Do we want to touch on uh, Golan a little bit? Well, I mean, the, 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 it's hard I, to know what the political implications of this Gaza thing will be for BB. There's a, it could play for or against him. Certainly, well, I think it's already affected him politically. Can I, can I ask something? I mean, the uh, parties are the certainly Golan using thing. it against him. Or and also in the Golan well, hold on, but now mm. so turning, so that's Gaza. Yeah. But I want to just, uh, I mean, we can also use this to transition to talk about the Golan, but I find that this comes up in my class, um, as in like, the kids want a solution. Yeah. Like, why don't you just do this or do that? Why yeah. doesn't Israel do this? Most people, you know. Right. And I I think that I, I wish perhaps that we can get to a space of understanding the context where each political context of each side and to get to the fact that like 
we ourselves can't just solve this. And like we being Israel or American support, like there's nothing that we well, can I say, do to end the situation that there are rockets being fired on us and that a terrorist organization controls the territory next to us. Like I've resigned to that what, fact that there's nothing that Israel can do beyond full out destruction of the which other is not side. A so you which resigned is a, not a, to the fact because, so therefore and, you have and a, what it will, and the fact that we would not be willing to absorb hundreds of thousands of casualties. So you've resigned, you've resigned to the fact, so therefore you have a safe room in your house. You have an app on your phone that tells you. Like it's meant, like as in the solution is where we are at now. Is responsible leadership investing in defense? Benji's here. I've co-opted the conversation. You have. You also talk over people, which you really shouldn't do in a podcast. Uh, Did you just rabbi me? Uh Uh, What I say to my students is, it would be great if there was no more crime. So why don't we just end it? What's the solution to there being crime? That's a good one. Or it's annoying that I have to take out my garbage every week and it goes into a dump and the dumps build up. Why don't we just eliminate garbage as a problem? There are problems that well, can that be solved. You could solve. And there are problems you that you have to make. Garbage. There are problems. <laughs> now who's talking over me? And there are problems that you have to maintain. Hmm, Benji's inspiring me. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, he was talking over you more. There are problems that. <laughs> what kind of week is this? There are problems that you can solve and there are problems that you have to maintain. That's just, yeah. that's just the way life is. Right. You know, oh, I don't want to diet and exercise anymore. Can I solve the problem? No. no. <laughs> there are issues in your life that you have right. to, there are maintenance or issues. Or God forbid you have an illness. God forbid. Or many of an illness. And there, there are main, chronic main, illnesses. Main, so the fact, the fact, terrorism has elements of war and elements of crime. We talked about this last week. Right. The, one of the crime elements is even if you catch this criminal, there's another criminal. Mm-hmm. And right. even if you catch this terrorist, there's always going to be another terrorist. Right. These are not things, these are not things that go away. I don't know why you're putting it into that category. It's like Israel assassinated the guy before Nasrallah, who was the head of Hezbollah, right. and then they got Nasrallah, right. who was much more effective. Yeah, I mean, right. what? In, in, you know, in a, in a, and and when it comes to talking, if you're having a serious political conversation, there's you have to separate wish fulfillment talking. Well, why don't we just do this and that'll end the problem? From actual political discourse, which deals with the world as it is, diplomacy, politics, even warfare is always confined by the possible. Excellent. And if something's impossible. Right. Then you have to only go back to the possible. Now, the President of the United States announcing that the United States recognizes the Golan Heights as being officially annexed by Israel when Israel annexed it in 1981. And didn't even say it was annexing it. We, it we de facto, appli- right. We applied civilian law by Israeli using- law and made all the inhabitant citizens and didn't use the word annex. Correct. So the fact that, them citizenship. Yeah, the fact the United States, that the President of the United States released a tweet last week and then this week during the APAC conference saying he's going to annex it, he's going to recognize Israel's right. annexation with BB at the ceremony. And the plan was for BB then to give his big APAC speech yeah. with that having been accomplished. So that's why I say this Gaza thing has already affected him politically because I yeah. think he was, wanted to use that as a crowning dramatic Two weeks before the p- election. Is it fair to say that you know, most people moment. are seeing this Trump action as a campaigning for BB stunt? I mean, I, I don't know how you don't see it any other way. Okay, I'm asking, that's is there any clear. other way to I think interpret anybody, the timing? No, I think he could have done it in two weeks. I think anybody who, who doesn't see that as absolutely is just stupid. <laughs> uh, it may fall into the realm of stupid if you think. <laughs> but a lot of it. Because you have to provide an but alternative. But won't a lot of m- voters yeah. like that? Uh, stupid? No, no, no. Yeah, a lot of people are stupid. No, no, no. I'm not and a lot about of them that. vote. 
I'm saying there's a lot of voters. I'm sure there's a Venn diagram no, that but overlaps. That's, as in, a lot of voters would be like, ah, like Trump. He's a pan-American president. He likes our current guy well, I'm right sure now. a lot of voters will say, like, like, good for Trump yeah. for campaigning lot, for Bibi because they're friends. Yeah, Israeli, I, 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 I'm not, I'm not, hold on. That was not... Okay, obviously it is problematic and, and it is ag- against the stated rules of conduct for any politicians in any country to campaign for the politicians of other countries. It is unquestionable that it happens all the time between America and Israel right, in all like sorts Clinton of ways. and Obama kind of did it much more secretly. Uh, it always happens. In, I was just listening to an interview with a former, uh, whose name is escaping me because I'm old, uh, ambassador to Israel who during the Sharon era. And he yeah. said, and I promise Mr. Sharon that I will not interfere with internal Israeli politics. And Sharon laughed. And he said, just be cool when you do it because everyone does it. You just have to make sure. You know? right. So it always happens. But this is, this is unusually, uh, listen, Bibi's interfered in American politics very yeah. overtly. And this is Trump interfering in Israeli politics, right? Any other reading is bizarre. The Golan mm. issue is not a live issue. Its timing is... It, no. When the president says all presidents claimed they would do it, and I'm the one who actually did it, that's not true. No American president has ever supported changing, the, yeah. the, recognizing the Israel's status as uh, of having annexed the Golan. I, I don't... I don't no, so, it is. It's definitely and 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 Bibi wanted to play on it, and he got the Gaza thing instead, and it took away his. Uh, well, he had to leave his before moment. his triumphant speech. It, he does get a moment. Look, Israelis he gets a moment, but the, but the, all the news is talking about Gaza. The, yeah. the main the main feed is Gaza. He he couldn't go to APAC and wave the piece of paper from from uh, Trump. Okay, out since there, Chamberlain, you know? we don't wave pieces of paper. It's bad. <laughs> he would have. I'm telling you. I'm sorry. He that was a nerdy uh, joke. Yeah, he's talking. <laughs> peace uh, in I've time. got peace in the Golan. Right, but um. Uh, he uh, he he lost the drama of it. The drama has been t- taken out from underneath him. Okay, from the Gaza. but I think it, okay, true. He didn't get a hundred percent out two, of that two weeks before election. That's what he wants. Now everybody's going to be talking about Gaza until the okay, election. Okay, but there's no downside to it for him. It doesn't hurt him in any. It's only a plus. No, it doesn't hurt him. It's that it's, instead of a hundred. Not necessarily. It could How is hurt that a him. negative? It could hurt him because. He went for this election ploy two weeks before. He set himself to be defense minister as well as prime minister um, and wasn't prepared and caught off guard, was surprised. And it it shows that, you know, what do you care? care? And the narrative is that the against Bibi are trying to push out. Bibi only cares about himself. And this just, if his political opponents are able to solidify that message, which we'll see if it plays out or not, is like, does Bibi really care about you? Look, he went to do so this election thing with Trump to go to APAC because um, that was good for him in his election, just as everything he does is good for him. Or rather, does he care about your averages that really? Is, that is very astute uh, spin. I I, th- I I mean I mean yeah. uh, in a positive like as a yeah. po- politically that's very smart. Before that you is really what mean to me, now you're being really nice. The mic giveth, <laughs> the mic taketh away. Uh, uh, I think that I think that his opponents will will play that, but to the BB's I don't base, know, people it will, will not work. Right, right. Well, right. But BB and has to the that people who don't like BB. Books. No, as in the question is. Like uh, the Likud and Bibi, they have a base that's not going to go away. Is it about, right. I think 25% of the electorate, give or take, whether they're inspired to go out to the polls, is going to vote Likud. Yeah. Right? The, Close the, to 30. 30% or 30 vote, 30, vote, uh, 30 seats. seats. Right. I'm saying 25% percent. of the electorate. Yeah. Right. right? I agree. So, and uh, it's just the same with, with Trump in America. 40% of the electorate is with him no matter what he does. Yes. Yeah, right? like and that. these are these types of politicians that have these bases right. that cannot be convinced. Yeah, that's a good point. So you got to get, get the bump the, to over. As in the, the move for Bibi to go to DC was to build on top of his base 
and it didn't. And those people that he was trying to attract to solidify. Well, we don't know that yet. We'll see the polls this week. Yeah. Correct. Potentially. Good point. I'm, my theory is rather yeah. right. Is the, the line yeah, of yeah. thinking I'm going is that that on top of that 25 percent or those 30 seats, give or take, like he didn't help. It, it appears that he didn't help his cause. That Gantz came away from APAC unscathed, which is successful for him, and that the Gaza thing just solidified the challenges that BB has in the election, which is you know not but, being so right wing. So then people are going to go to the other right wing parties, which is, which is or caring only about himself and not um, peripheral communities, perhaps, even though they're the ones that tend to vote for him more. Which is why I think he had to come home, even if Israel doesn't yeah. do anything Oh, now, he had no choice. He had to come home. He couldn't yeah. say, oh, well, we'll just manage that and I'll do my APEC things. He had to come home, A, which is B. It would have looked asked awful. Earlier, yeah. when, you asked, when you said earlier about, well, it would be bad for Israel to do more because elections, that may be a, a, a reason for Israel to actually do more in Gaza. Because I do care about the periphery. I, I, I didn't make the as, political you know, decision. Right? I made the security decision. Right. But, but so, if they do more and then it leads to more loss of yeah, life. Yeah, it's a damned sure. if you do, damned it, if you do. Yeah. It, it, it could get into his base. Those are the discussions that they're having. Those yeah. are the discussions that's that what they're, they're worrying about today. That, that, right. That's exactly. That's not what BB's talking about with yeah. the with the, his generals. That's no. what he's talking about. With that's what his... he's talking about. That's what he's talked on the plane the whole way over Nahum. with his political advisors yeah. and with the generals. He's going to walk in, and, and that's the job of know. a politician. Let's yeah. be honest; they all do it. You have to. Can I ask you two questions about yeah. the Golan, and then we'll we'll. Yeah. I think we have to bring this to a landing. Yeah. Um, is the um, take away all the politics, American politics, Israeli politics? Is this good for Israel for America to recognize Israel's annexation of the Golan? Is that a plus Bad. for Israel? Bad. Really? Yeah. Why do you say? First of all, it's meaningless because Trump is not seen as a serious player in international, in the international okay. political game. So Trump signing a piece of paper that says, "Okay, now America recognizes it." But, that piece of paper, but it's that, a dead issue. That's what I'm saying. You so, think of a Democratic so, president, so that, so that anybody can revoke it. Next president can revoke it as they were changing our policy. Okay. So what is it? And therefore, you're only bringing this up in in international discussion, something that nobody cared about because of the Syrian war and because of what's going you're on. You're saying nobody that all these nation it. states so, are all announcing that they don't they don't agree with America that exactly. Israel has no right to the Golan. Yeah, exactly. The but UN it, is saying you know. So mm. therefore, you're bringing up an issue that's not an issue to be discussed and debated. It's like why uh, kick a hornet's nest yeah, with the hornets nothing are all was, sleeping? Nobody was debating it before. Now everybody is. And Trump signing a piece of paper means nothing. It's like the Balfour Declaration right. is a statement of a government. Okay, they're a strong government, but well, it's a statement like, of know, intention to change the status yeah. quo. This is a statement yeah. that we support the status quo. No, but so no, it my doesn't point even is, have the promise. My point is, it's just a statement of one government that doesn't. Yes, they're the strongest government in the world, yeah. but but that, that it doesn't, doesn't change. By the way, it doesn't uh, give it any international legitimacy at all. Okay, which brings me to my and second so question. But that's not you don't know that yet. As in post the embassy. Relicensing from a consulate to an embassy in America, recognizing Jerusalem as the capital, you have certain you have certain European states that are opening stuff in Romania's the city, trade off. I'm not sure yet, right? Uh, right, the trade offices or embassies or recognizing West Jerusalem as the capital. You know, but what and what as, are they going to do for the Golan? What's that going to do for the Golan? No, I'm not. As we don't know yet, as in, will you have other states follow to then recognize Israeli sovereignty in post 67 territories? 
Um, or will they be more lenient to Israel in areas that it hasn't been sovereign and annexed, like in, in like in the West Bank? Like I said, you don't know the, the ramifications. Re- I don't think we Why can say it? yet. We can know the ramifications, although I'm not sure at this moment it's helpful for Israel. And I think we'll only know the ramifications once Trump leaves office. As in, in 2020, if he loses to a leftist Democrat. Um, is the Democratic president going to then change the sign that says embassy in Arnona to back to consulate again? That's are they going to do? Are they going to? That would be hard. Are they going to unsign? No, but that's a different. That was a Congress, different one. They would have to break co- Congress's law. Yeah, which that was said, a law that he was just correct. not signing and putting off. The Golan is just a policy. Right, so they can just undo the policy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, as opposed to the embassy, which would be really hard to it's move It's a policy back. statement. You have to as violate to, Congress's law from the 90s. So that's what I'm saying. That I think it's meaningless. Well, the Democrats control both the House and the Senate, I guess. As, not yet. But. It's meaningless because nobody in the world wants Israel to leave the Golan. Nobody right. in the Western world wants right. Israel to leave the Golan because you don't want to give it to Syria because yeah. Syria is not even a thing. It's a, or it's Iran, a, right? it's a failed <laughs> state. Right. But it could hurt if Why? Syria becomes a stable state. Um potentially, and then you could maybe have peace with it if there was well, some it, sort of withdrawal from the Golan. That's a, is it, that's that's an interpretation issue. Should Israel, right. in or, Israel at a number of times, is considered when Syria was a stable state, right. giving it up to make peace with Syria. But my question is, why doesn't the world recognize that annexation? Be- because it was Syrian territory <laughs> before and, 1967. And it was conquered and in war. And And, and part post-World War II. French mandate, you know. Post-World War II, the status quo idea has been you never conquer other land through war. You never conquer territory from another country right. through war. You can agree both sides to sell or trade right. in some way, kind of a modern Louisiana purchase. But if so, that doesn't happen, it can never be acquired through war. Israel's at, counter argument at, well, is... But first, right, but in yeah. 1967, that had a very different status than the other places. In other words, you could say like that status of the Golan was like the Sinai. Yeah. Whereas the Sinai was seen as Egypt. Yeah. So Israel traded it back. The Golan was seen as Syrian, whereas right. Gaza and 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 the West Bank were seen, let's say, as ownerless or also right. illegally occupied by Egypt and Jordan, respectively. But it's because so, it was a part of the British mandate before, whereas other states weren't. Correct. Right. So the right. West Bank and Gaza don't have that same status of right. we conquered land from an actual state. We conquered right. we conquered a legitimate and, a, a legitimate state occupying that land. Correct. We right. conquered right. open land that was being occupied from right. an occupier that didn't right. have a legitimate right it to is. it. So now we're still also occupying. No right. high contracting party, according right. to the Geneva Convention for exactly. Gaza right. and the West Bank, in the way that there definitely Fourth is for the right. Golan. Mr. Right. Legal, legal Eagle. Uh, uh, but, but, I'm, just, I'm just saying what we teach. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's the specific yeah. legal high, uh, yeah, high yeah. contracting party, yeah. as opposed to the Golan, where we conquered it from an actual nation state, state. Syria, a member of the United Nations. That was part of their territory. As it's part of their territory. Seen as, it, was it was a mandate as part in of their the territory. 20s. So why mm-hmm. does Israel say that it has the right to hold the Golan and annex it, at least de facto, if not de jure? I think because of the security need and the... Um, the the fact that that Syria not only 1967 but from 48 to 67 used it as a launching pad for that it was conquered uh, in a defensive war right, essentially that right. the, it, that the idea by the that, way and also resources that they used it to cut off water resources from Israel all kinds of yeah things. That, in a other words serious strategic asset to yeah. be given up and so Israel's argument to the we, Israel says we support the idea that you shouldn't conquer land in war but that means aggressive war. 
What we in defensive war, it's legitimate for self-protection. It, Therefore, by, this by the international way, policy which we support, we are not violating. By the way, most security experts before 2011, and it was like in 2008, 2009, most Israel security experts were recommending coming to an agreement with Syria and giving them back the Golan because it no longer plays a strategic <laughs> role. In, because they felt that peace would, you know, a peaceful negotiation with Syria would, a greater, would trump that, just yeah. like with with Egypt and the Sinai. There's and the, then look what happened. Then came the the civil war and. Mm-hmm. You know, there was the assumption that Syria was a stable state. Even yeah. in 2010, Netanyahu negotiated, mediated by er- Erdogan in right. Turkey. Exactly. Like, yeah, it's been on the cards. But ever since the Arab Spring and the Syrian civil war, well, it's a no-brainer. I don't think Israel can leave anytime soon. But the question right. is, as we were talking about before with Gaza, can certain variables change? And if uh, certain variables yeah. change, then is the American recognition of Israeli sovereignty, does that take us one step right. back instead of two steps forward? Uh, and by the way, don't forget the political context. In 1981, when Israel did that in the Golan, it was on the banks of withdrawing from the Sinai. Right. right. So Begin, you know, he's playing his politics too. Sure. Playing Absolutely. His, right, you know. Yeah, and Reagan at the time didn't yeah. recognize the annexation and no right. president has. I just wanted to be a teacher and use this as a moment that we don't really talk about the Golan and its yeah, status exactly. and why it is the way it is and why it's different from the West Bank. So I just wanted to stick it in here because we're talking about the Golan. So, so let's, right. let's just give some basics. Right. Uh, ABCs of the Go- Israel's role in the Golan. It's just kind of funny. I don't know the word is funny, ironic, that... Israel has a much stronger legal claim to the West Bank than it does to the Golan, but no one really questions Israel's presence in the Golan, and Israel gets grilled. It is more legally defensible in the West Bank and much less controversial than the West Bank. Yeah, maybe that'll be a good issue for another time if it comes back up. Could be. Let's let's. the, The less things come up, the happier I am. I like things much quieter than they've been this week. So thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, Alan. Good to see you, Benji. Thank you for having me. Ben, thanks as always. Thank you, Mike. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Uh, This is the part where I remind you that we are the JU Israel Teacher's Lounge podcast. And it's also the part where I ask you to subscribe, to rate and review us, and to share and recommend us in any way you can. Also, we'd love your feedback so we can respond to you on or off the podcast. Thanks so much for listening, guys. (laughs) 